Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free US share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 13th of September 2022, and this is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott, in spirit anyways. Hey, Scotty, that was, that's, that's four for four, isn't it? Four for four, four point three percent higher from the low seen last Wednesday. Onwards and upwards. What event risk? Yeah, right. And when you look at the sectors that outperformed, the miners hitting two-week highs. I mean, commodity prices are doing well. Dalian Iron Ore was going gangbusters today. Uh, some hope about China and stimulus and uh, relaxation of the COVID policy there. Is it starting to feel a little bit toppy to you? Yeah. Well. We saw one weekly decline in iron ore port inventories. We know that uh, the shipments coming in have been relatively robust from the Pilbara and also from uh, from South America and Brazil. Uh, but uh, yeah, it really comes down to what they do with dynamic code zero. And one way or another, we're probably not going to get an answer with that until at least the middle of October. So it's all speculation at this point, but we're seeing numerous events like this. So lots of positivity come about, stimulus hopes, then all of a sudden we get another lockdown. So we'll see whether this time is any different. Now we've got gold stocks hitting a two-week high as we watch the gold prices rise. We had a chat with Ed Moya from Oanda. It's in the three themes um, chat today. He thinks that this could be a really, you know, a really important sort of inflection point for gold, particularly if we keep seeing pressure coming through on the U.S. dollar. He reckons the bottom might be in. So that uh, sentiment, I suppose, has helped lift gold miners today. Energy stocks <laughs> rose, you know, like really, uh, it's it's pretty stark. Um, some of the enthusiasm we're seeing in many parts of the wa- this market. Yeah, it's there are some big bets taking place in the derivatives markets in particular, especially in the States, not necessarily here, but volumes itself in underlying physical securities are not spectacular. Uh, volatility measures as well are going up as well, which is interesting in the context that you'd expect they'll be going down in this kind of environment. So it tells me that you know, maybe the, uh, the footing of this rebound is not necessarily that stable, but for the time being, we're going up and uh, we'll see what tonight brings, of course, with that key inflation report yeah i was wondering how long we would get by without talking about that inflation report because a lot of the enthusiasm a lot of the um i guess the risk appetite is coming from the fact that uh look there's you know the market consensus is we'll start to see a cooling in these inflationary pressures 
potentially offering a signal, yet another one, I guess, that inflation has peaked. And so four days in a row, I mean, it wasn't just the Australian market, it was the, um, you know, Asian markets. And, uh, you know, South Korea's KOSPI was up by 2.6%. And we've got S&P 500 futures, NASDAQ futures also holding firm throughout the day today. Um, yeah, so this this inflation read will be very important, but but you know still forecasting a seventy five basis point hike coming from the Fed next week. So could this be a buy the rumor sell the fact type scenario tonight when we get that data? It could be, uh, particularly if we get a, a slightly hotter than expected reading, a reacceleration in the uh, the core reading, particularly the core services, which is very closely aligned with what happens with labor market conditions and wages. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be too too much of a market-moving event in the sense that you know, it's going to go and change the trajectory for the Fed. Uh, it really comes down to where inflation is going to go and move to. And that's what I don't think the markets have really got their head around at this point. Still pricing in around about 35 basis points of cuts next year into the, the U.S. curve. Where, where, where are we going to get inflation back to? Are we going to be satisfied to go and say, well, it gets back to, say, 3 or 4%, and the Fed will say, okay, that's enough. Where are we going to go and don't start easy policy? I'll tell you what the answer is. It is an undeniably no. And I think that's where there's a little bit of uncertainty which may go and creep in. The Fed might look to go and correct things, regardless one way or another about what the CPI report says when they go and meet next week. Certainly so. Um, I think it's worthwhile while we're on the macro conversation. I mean, we've got a bit of news coming from the UK already. The jobless rate hitting its lowest level since 1974. So it is, they say, and I haven't had a chance to read all of the analysis, but uh, yeah, that um, people are quitting the labor market, essentially. They're saying people are leaving the labor market, including the long-term sick and students. And so, yeah, UK LFS unemployment is down 76,000 jobs. So we are watching for further analysis on that. We're watching for the European Zoo um, investor sentiment report, which no doubt will show people, um, yeah, uh, a, a bit concerned about the energy situation there, although perhaps a little bit of optimism about what's going on in Ukraine in regards to Russia. Uh, here locally, Scuddy, um, we had the Consumer Confidence Read from Westpac, the monthly, and the weekly from ANZ, and we had the NAB Business Survey. Oh, I forget what the exact um, headline was from NAB, but it was something you know, like confidence and conditions continue to roll on, you know, um, gaining, actually, even though we've got a lot of concerns about skills shortages, obviously, and rising costs. Yeah, it was probably close to a Goldilocks report as you could possibly go and find. The one thing really stuck out to me in that was the two things was the plus 30 for trading conditions, uh, which is just phenomenally strong, all things considered, and really reflects what we're talking about with the consumer side of the equation at this point in time being still so strong despite all the headwinds that are facing uh, households. And also we saw a slight moderation in those inflationary pressures. Nothing really I uh, can get too excited about in the other the one month series, but uh, certainly we get a few more readings like that. It might go and beg the question as to what the implications are for more broadly for inflationary pressures here. And I gather we'll probably talk about the Westpac Consumer uh, Sentiment Survey as well. But the one thing that really stuck out to me with that one was what was going on with the uh, unemployment expectations. So we are 
rock solid when our expectations are about the labor market right now. And I reckon it's underpinning a lot of that strength that uh, the businesses are seeing. Yeah, well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, if you think you're going to have a job, if you think that more people are going to be employed, that's actually a pretty rosy outlook for the state of the economy. If you think you're going to be able to keep your job or get another one with a higher wage, potentially, why wouldn't you buy yourself something, really? Why, you know, why would you stop spending? Um, so, yeah, really interesting dynamics when, uh, you know, when the RBA is trying to talk us down, uh, when, you know, there's a lot of negativity being expressed out there, just anecdotally even, about uh, how tough things are out there right now. Um, yeah, it's, it, it appears as if when we're asked... When we're asked, uh, you know, in the cold, hard light of day, we're still feeling pretty good. Um, let's get to some of the stock moves of today. So we do have Link shares getting absolutely hammered on some concerns about Dai and Durham. So it is that takeover offer. Um, it's obviously looking to acquire Link. Um, it, they're talking about it may having to cover a shortfall of up to about $360 million dollars in the value of assets of a company that belongs to Link to get the regulatory approval for the deal being done in the UK. Anyways, it's uncertainty, right? And uh, investors do not like uncertainty. Also, Ramsey Healthcare, down by close to 10% today, Scuddy. Uh, you know why? It's because KKR has, well, at least now, refused to sweeten the offer. Um, Ramsey Health came out today saying that it had not yet taken um, any consideration of the suggestion, I suppose, the demand from KKR that it would have to lower its valuation um, to even get them to come to the table to agree to sort of mutually beneficial terms. So that is a, yeah, a story that keeps on keeping on with Ramsey. It was down by close to 10%. But you know what was up today, perhaps a little bit counterintuitively, was Star Entertainment Group. It was actually, uh, yeah, in positive territory. It was one of the top performers of the day in percentage terms. After uh, it said that it will be responding to, you know, the New South Wales Casino Commission, which has said that it is, uh, wh what was the word, unworthy of holding a casino license. Is that is that the wording, Scotty? It's something like that. Here's the word, and uh, the mind just boggles as to why a share price would go and rack like that. I, I don't think anyone really rightfully believes you know, that the casino operator is going to lose its license to go and operate. But uh, you know, the penalties that come with that, you know, the actions that are going to go and take, the compliance costs and everything else, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's uh, unusual to go and see a share price reaction when you're being told you're unfit to go and hold a license. Yeah, I know. But this is the 2022 we deal <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, but also I think that, you know, maybe, maybe it's just such, I mean, how much worse could it get, right? So anyways, I, I think that's probably the inspiration for it being stock of the day today. Star Entertainment Group, let's take a listen uh, to what our expert guests had to say. Philip Pepe from Sean Partners and Tim Haslam joining us as well. As much as we do expect things to come back, uh, it is a bit scary. Um, and I will say that gaming in general, it's sort of an older person thing to do. Like, I think the younger generation don't really do this much of stuff. But generally speaking, we expect that they just do a full management board rollover and start again and continue operating. But if they were to lose that license, if they were to stop to be a casino in that location, well, it's just a very expensive property asset. So for us, it's it's too hard. I agree. Just, just avoid it. It's certainly not positive news, um, expected by some, but for many, it's probably in the too hard basket for the foreseeable future. So buy, hold or sell? 
it, it's a sell based on negative sentiment in the near term. There's probably easier ways to make money. Still, uh, more more to come. News wise, is probably going to be negative. So, in the too hard basket for me. So that was Tim Haslam from Catapult Wealth and Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. Look, these guys, they didn't agree on much today, Scuddy. So if you'd like to hear both sides of the coin, I suppose, contrarian views uh, on the 10 stocks that were nominated by our viewers, you can um, you can do so and listen to the the uh, the entire uh, you know, episode via the uh, the link that's available in the show notes. I'll get I'll spit it out eventually, Scuddy. I will. <laughs> no, no, I, I reckon one of our regular viewers will be very happy that Tim Haslam is on. Uh, big fan favorite, tells us a lot on the, uh, on the, on the program as well. So, yeah, uh, take a listen to see what goes on there. Yeah, okay, other interviews that you can listen to. Look, Ben Clark is back and uh, he joined us with a buy, hold and a sell. Um, I think just for spring, for where we find ourselves in this cycle, Ben is in the camp that, yeah, we could have seen inflation peak, but, you know, you still have to keep it in mind as an investor. So have a listen to that one. Also, two uh, companies that are a bit challenged right now, um, but our guest who joined us from Wardmanette, David Lane, said, look, they are still worth your money, worth worth a buy at this time. So, yeah, a couple stock-picky interviews that you can listen to um, via the show notes as well. Are we missing anything, Scotty? I mean, I just feel like we've been waiting for this inflation report out of the U.S. for so long. I just would like to see the data, get the market reaction under our belt, and then we can move on from there. Yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the market responds. Obviously, a lot of optimism has been already built in. Uh, we'll see what uh, no, tonight will bring. Be, the price action will probably be pretty instrumental, you'd imagine, ahead of that Fed meeting next week. But safe to say, stocks continue to extend this winning streak. I'll just summarize where we saw the S&P ASX 200 today finished uh, above that 7,000 level, 7,010, let's call it that, up by six-tenths more than, well, seven-tenths of a percent. As we record this podcast, we're still looking at uh, NASDAQ and S&P 500 e-money futures looking pretty solid. Um, so we'll, we will see what tonight brings. But one thing I can, I can promise you is that we'll have plenty of analysis from the get-go in the morning. Kenny Polkari from Slatestone is uh, one of the guests that will be joining us. Uh, but we've got a whole host of fantastic guests uh, to join us throughout the day today. Scotty, am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what tonight brings and then we'll go and start a fresh tomorrow morning. Looking forward to it. Yeah, PSA as well. We did get confirmation today. I know I've seen a few people tweeting about it that the ASX, there will be no trade on Thursday the 22nd here in Australia as we, um, as we have a national public holiday to mourn the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. So just um, if you hadn't got yeah. that note, there you go. Yeah, it's really interesting too. And uh, as a side note, I don't want to go into too, too much detail, but as a one to be regarded as being a financial center of Asia and uh, a powerhouse, uh, having the main index and the futures market gone and shut on the day following the FOMC meeting is not ideal. Oof. Yeah, good point. All right, we'll leave it there then. See you, Scotty. Have a good one. See you later. Take care.